Welcome to Oakwright's In The Frame, episode 13. This is the podcast where we try and answer all your questions regarding self-build and custom build. And today we're going to be talking about MVHR, mechanical ventilation and heat recovery. Today I have with me Nick Higgs of System Air. If you're having the full passive house certified building, then you would need a passive house certified unit. And we take the filters off and they're black. Do you think, where has this all come from? Indoor air quality was always a, it was a bit of an industry buzzword before COVID. Then you think about your home and this does give you a way of making sure you've got as fresh an air as possible within your, within your house. Making that as comfortable as possible, keeping it filtered, keeping it fresh. Nick, welcome. Thank you. Good morning. So, so the relationship with System Air really goes back quite a long way for Oakwrights. Uh, we're sitting here in our show home in Herefordshire, which we built, I think, about 16 years ago now. At least 14 years, could be 16 years ago. And we have a System Air, or Villavent, as it was known in the day, um, system within the house. So we've got a great point to start from. And also, at this moment in time, with the rising cost of uh, fuel for heating homes being on the forefront of everybody's mind, a great time to have a chat. So Nick, tell us all about uh, system air and heat recovery and ventilation. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Um, well, firstly, if you're talking about, let's start with the company itself. Um, system air itself it started in 1974 uh, in, a, in, a, in a little town called Skinskattisberg in Sweden. Um, and it started off as a, a very small, believe it or not, a small inline duct fan. And that very fan is still is embedded in a table in the head office today, believe it or not. <laughs> yes. Um, the history. And over the years, it, the System Air have evolved into a global giant, a global ventilation giant. And they manufacture everything to do with ventilation, heating, cooling. So you name it, they, 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 they make it. We're in over 50 countries worldwide. We've got over 25 manufacturing plants. So... If, if there's a ventilation product, System Air will have it. In this, in the UK, um, we've been operating for, for over 30 years, probably 35 years. Um, initially, it was Villavent um, on the residential side, which is what we're here to talk about today. Um, and then in 2011, 2012, it got merged into what is known as System Air UK itself. Um, and it's broken down into, tw into 13 branches, 12 of which are based on the more commercial side. The 13th is the Octave branch, which is where I'm based from um, and which is where our relationship uh, as, as, as the two companies started off as Villavent and then System Air has, has uh, developed and evolved and, and maintained its strength over the years. And in that office, we specialise in whole house bespoke residential systems for luxury properties. And Oak Wright's buildings, properties and their customers fall directly into that bracket. And so we understand fully what is required to, uh, to to get the system installed, the limitations, the restrictions, um, the challenges um, in, 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 into the Interesting buildings. that you say luxury, and I suppose I'd be interested to know or think, yes, we imagine it is for high-end properties, but I can imagine really that I would, back home in Sweden, almost every house would have a, 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 a ventilation system, force ventilation system. Would that be correct? Yes. Or more often than not? Yeah, absolutely. So in um, in Scandinavia, particularly in Norway, and it's, um, it's mandatory in the building regulations right. that when you build a new house, you have to have a mechanical ventilation system. The other method, the traditional methods, the trickle vents in the windows, the intermittent extract fans in the bathrooms um, are not allowed. 
it's not permitted because it simply is not airtight enough. It's not energy efficient enough. So when you are thinking about building a at your own home, you want to make that as energy efficient and as airtight as you possibly can. Because as you've touched on very at the beginning of this conversation, energy bills are not going down, they're going up. So when you're ventilating a building, why would you want to make it really airtight, well insulated, and then put holes in your lovely windows and, and walls and your, in your ceiling with your uh, extract fans and wasting that heat and energy and that's a leakage point and i think when you're building your home your if you're self-building you're building a, a dream home for your family to live there and normally you're building a house that you intend to stay in for many years and you have really it's it's while you're under design and construction that you have that one chance to get things absolutely right and to give as comfortable a living environment as possible and fresh air and ventilation is one of the principal things that makes you it makes you feel good and what i'm always interested what because we we installed a uh, heat recovering ventilation system into this house as say 14 16 years ago quite often people will say to me well yeah but i like i like to have my windows open i like to feel the the, the fresh air blowing through and i would always say well actually what you've got is in the summer absolutely why not but dare i say in this country even though it's a temperate is is that um most of the time we have our windows and doors closed and what you have then is sort of Sort of uncontrolled draft rather than controlled ventilation so and then if you're going to build your super energy efficient home and you're going to make it as airtight as possible to, to you know keep it as warm and keep the cost down and you don't have a, a the correct ventilation system you're going to be breathing in and out stale or you end up opening those trickle vents and getting drafts don't you which it seems to defeat the object this is it this is it and, and over the years houses have become uh, the older houses were very, believe it or not, healthy but energy inefficient because they were drafty. So you were letting the let the um, the air through the building naturally. But over the years, when you by sealing buildings up, they actually become naturally unhealthy because it's there's no natural leakage of the buildings themselves. So you have to mechanically ventilate those buildings properly. Um, otherwise, you get what's called sick house syndrome, where the houses sweat from the inside. Now, even with an older building, you can still get ventilation issues. You can still get condensation you can still get mold damp stale air you still get those issues even if you have trickle vents and extract fans in the, in, in the bathrooms and when you have an airtight building and i'm talking an airtightness of five four three two once you start going on the lower levels those ventilation issues that i've just mentioned there are exaggerated really really exaggerated and so you you can you have to really be careful with what you uh, or, or the strategy that you adopt on those on, on your building and particularly with oak rights with moisture management and the oak you have to be quite careful and make sure that it's you don't make the house too dry um, and and make sure that, that it's not too humid or etc etc so there's there's a there's a healthiness of the building and the, the, the spin-off from that is a healthiness of the occupants that's good that's good um we found it a very you know, everybody who stays here finds it very comfortable it's always a very pleasant uh, uh, environment i think here so that could be you know partially down to the the heat recovering ventilation system and i said never really thought of it, although we we put it in at the time and the the one point i would would like to talk about is when is the best time to choose the system how do you go about choosing which system is right for your home and um what would your advice be on that front, Nick? I think earlier the better. So when you're designing a building and working with yourselves, um, you would want to um, 
consider how you're going to uh, ventilate that that building and what your strategy is going to be. Now, you, you mentioned about um, customers liking opening windows in, in, in the summer, and I've I've not secured jobs on that basis because they like to have windows open all year round, and that's fine. However, you have to you have to consider you're not going to open all your windows in every single room. So you still have to ventilate, particularly the bathrooms. So it's making sure you get the right extraction from 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 from, from, from the bathrooms themselves. But you really want once you've considered your the, the ventilation options and cons- and discussed it with yourselves with Oak Rights about what your air tightness is going to be. I think once you start heading below five, the mecha- the, the best way and healthiest and most energy efficient way to ventilate the building is with a mechanical ventilation system with heat recovery. Now, you, it has its challenges, as, as I mentioned earlier, in terms of you've got a big box. You've got a, a big box with two fans, two filters, and a heat exchanger, along with lots of tubes, some, some, some ducting that has to be snaked around the building. So you have to be sometimes quite creative with, with how we design and, and get that system within your building. Um, now, luckily, we've been working with you Many, many years, let's say. Um, and so we're used to the, the challenges that Oakwright buildings bring. And we, over the years, we've, we've worked together and you know, there is a certain minimum depth of joist now, which you now uh, um, apply to your buildings to, um, to allow us to, um, to, to, to get our ductwork around. Feed the ductwork in now. Absolutely. But it, my point being is really the, early, the earlier that that decision is made, the earlier we can design a system for the homeowner, and the the earlier that any issues, any problems, um, can be can be overcome. You know, if there are any beams that need to be cut, then earlier on is in at the design phase is the moment to do it, and not on site when you're Absolutely. looking to install at first fix. And I can say from um, personal experience, I always say do you know, do as I say and do not do as I do because uh, <laughs> I'm not the I'd be I'd, I would be the company's worst customer when when I was building the house here. Um, uh, a lot of the ideas just developed as I, as I went along. So sort of uh, the house sort of grew, the ideas grew as, as we as we went on. And then heat recovery and ventilation, I thought that seems like a good idea. But of course, by the time I thought about it, it was not while we were designing the house. It was the frame was up, the floor joists were in, and oh, this seems like a good idea. <laughs> well, um, uh, if anybody comes to stay, I can take you on a little guided tour and show all the different bits of boxing and, and the ways that I had to overcome uh, the situation to get the ducting where we needed to get it. Whereas if I had thought about it beforehand and looked at it at the design stage, we could have designed the ducting in and designed the floor joist system and to assist with the ducting or so the ducting could overcome the, the design of the house to, to work together rather than afterwards when you are down to cutting and carving which is not much fun and causes problems and normally cost so if you can think about the design earlier then it will help to make the system more efficient the ducting more efficient make it easier for the installers and hence cost less but also there's the then there's no compromises no. So you touched on the boxing in sections here in this in this um, beautiful show home. Um, it's the first time I've been here actually. <laughs> um, and um, more often than not, when things are late in the day uh, and and you are left with what you've got, and you've got the you have to then potentially box something in. So if you don't want any compromises and you want to be seamlessly installed into the into the structure itself, then the earlier the better at the design stage. Um, 
with working with yourself and ourselves uh, makes makes the whole process a lot better and happier for everybody. Um, and units for future, what 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 style of units are there now? What types of units are there for the domestic market? Really, we work in the domestic market, so that's where where our interest is. What is the, the what systems are there? Are are there different systems for different types of house, or how would you go about choosing what is right for you, as in size of house or efficiency or so forth? So, in terms of products. Um, the, the products themselves are their boxes. Now they various they vary in size of boxes depending on the capacity of the fans, which will therefore have a, a direct impact as to the size of the house. Um, but within that, you've always fundamentally got the same thing. So no matter what size MVHR system you've got, you've got two fans, two filters, and a heat exchanger. So yeah. you're filtering the the air coming in, and you're and you're filtering the air actually, believe it or not, that's going out to protect the heat exchanger itself. Um, and within that heat exchanger, you've got a couple of options. You've got what they call rotary wheel or, or, or thermal wheel. Uh, typical uh, efficiency of that is sort of 85% around that sort of mark. Yes. Um, counterflow is around 90%. So the thermal wheel is slightly less efficient. But the main benefit is that it can give you the moisture transfer, some moisture transfer in, inside that building. Um, and particularly, as I mentioned earlier about the oak, in, in oak right building, it doesn't strip all the moisture out of the air and keep yes. it too dry. So there's a degree of moisture management that takes place inside okay. that thermal wheel. You also don't need a condensate drain, which sometimes can be a problem depending on where the unit is located. Yeah. So it's a bit of a trade-off, slightly less efficient, but you don't get, you don't need a condensate and you get, you get some moisture transfer. Okay. Um, so that's the products themselves. Um, in terms of how we go about it, um, it's based upon the floor area. So all we would need is a, to specify it. That's, a, that's our job. So we would specify the correct size system. More often than not, we would lean on a thermal wheel, predominantly because of the, the moisture management side of things um, in, in, in Oak Wright buildings. And would you also look on a house, would you look at the thermal efficiency of the house and the air tightness of the house? Does that have any um, bearing on the system that you design? So if you know for definite that it is... Are you, let's just say like if it was a passive house, you know what the U value is going to be almost definitely, exactly, and you know what the air tightness is going to be exactly. So does that, so for say a house of, I don't know, say 3,000 square foot, nice four bedroomed house, you know, self-built dream home. If it was a passive house where you know exactly what the uh, thermal efficiency of the house is and you know exactly what the air tightness is because it's stipulated it has to be met, would that be a different unit to a house that might be 3,000 square foot, reasonably well insulated and maybe reasonably airtight or might not be quite so airtight? Does that change things? It, 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 no, not, not predominantly um, because... The box is still the box. So when it, when you're talking about a passive house, the units themselves, the MVHR units themselves, may or may not need to be passive house certified. So if people, are, if customers are building to passive house standard, but not getting the house passive house certified, then you, you don't necessarily have to have passive house certified components inside that structure. But if you're having the full passive house certified building, then you would need a passive house certified unit. Now, System now have ninety percent of our range passive house certified, so you'd be pretty much covered. Almost difficult to pick one that isn't absolutely yeah, suitable. Exactly, it's, it's easier to name the ones which aren't, which are, to, to yeah. say rather than the ones that which are. Um, 
Now, when it when we transfer that onto a onto a building, it doesn't really make any difference for us other than knowing whether or not you need a passive house certified unit, although we don't necessarily need to check really um, because most of our range are. It, it's just a case of the more airtight and insulated you make it, the you know, Oak Rights and the customer make that building, the better the system will perform. So there's, we don't design it in a different way. In a passive house building, we may shorten the duct runs because the, the idea of um, a passive house is, is reduction of energy consumption. Now, if you shorten the design, the duct runs down in our design for our MVHR systems, it you reduce the amount of energy needed to move that air because there's not so much duct work. You have to, to run that airflow. Um, but that's the only real tweak that we would look to, 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 to do. Beyond that, there's a degree of, we're sort of leaning on the customer you know, the better you make it in terms of air tightness and, and insulation levels and UV values, et cetera, the, the, the better the system will perform, the more, the, the more heat that will remain tame within the structure that we can uh, heat recover in our system and gently temper that incoming air. So you'll talk to the customer, uh, you'll be introduced by a company, either an architect or a, or a house building company. Um, they'll introduce you uh, to to the customer. The customer will be talking to you, the, the self-builder or the custom-build person. And you'll work with them regarding the unit and best unit for them. And you'll be working with the designer as well to make sure the, 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 the system is all designed correctly to fit within the house. Uh, absolutely. In fact, I'm working with an Oak Rights um, project right now where I'm where we've had to uh, had some a, a beam cut. Um, it's, a, it's a perfect example. The building's not on site. We're off design phase and we work with that and the customer doesn't even know about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the beauty of it, that we there is this strength of relationship that we can talk directly to each other. It doesn't really affect the customer. There's no compromises there. They're happy. That takes the, um, you know, the... Uh, the pressure and the and, and and the stresses and strains away from them on that on that front and lets and lets the experts you know uh, thrash it out between them, themselves so to speak. Um, but yes, it's yeah, it's a case so of a healthy living environment as well. I, I remember one um, project that we worked on was for a, a farmer and we were building a traditional style home. It's a Wealdon style for a beautiful frame down down in Kent, and um, he had suffered from farmer's lungs so dust really affected him quite badly so we built uh, um, built the house but it had a great big hall in the center so we actually had two units one either side because we couldn't get any ducting anywhere across the open hall so he had one either side and the idea was that with the filters by the air being filters as it comes in was that it would make it more comfortable for him and for his his his, his lung condition yeah absolutely so the F7 pollen filters uh, are standard on, on our system. So you're getting a very, very high grade filters and that's, you know, good for allergy sufferers. Um, but we can actually upgrade those now. We can get an, an F8 and an F9, which is even a higher grade. So basically what happens with filtration is that the molecule size, the, 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 it allows smaller and smaller sizes through. So it filters more. Um, so the higher the grade, the smaller the molecules it can get through. Therefore, the better the filtration. That's kind of it in a nutshell. And I've always been amazed here. We we sort of, uh, I don't know, crikey, I should know this. I don't know what the actual recommendation is for changing the filters. But we change <laughs> our filters about once every six months here. And I have never been more amazed that we get up and you open up six months and you think, well, we looking out the window here, we're in the countryside, there's nothing around us whatsoever. And we take the filters off 
and the black. You think, where has this all come from? Well, there's nothing. We're in the middle of nowhere. Where has this all come from? I'm amazed. So when you think how clean the air must be within this house, whereas if we didn't have the the, um, the heat recovery ventilation system there and the filters, it would be quite different. Absolutely. So let's not forget you're, you're, you're taking the air out as well as you're bringing it in. So you're yeah. filtering it twice effectively. Yeah. So, But what always amazes me is the um, what you get from the extract side. So despite it being filtered, there's still natural dust and, and dirt that you bring in naturally, you know, in your everyday movements and, and, and when you use the building itself. So you're you're pulling that the dirt, the, the stale air, the dirty air from the house effectively and, and, and exhausting that outside. And it's all being caught in that extract filter. But back to your question about the um, how often you should change your filters. It does depend a little bit on where you live. Our general guide is is once a year. That's as a sort of a. Okay. A standard recommendation. Six months is great. You yeah. you you don't necessarily need to do that because they are a cost. It yeah, does absolutely you know, save money. Absolutely. <laughs> um, if you're in an urban environment, you may want to consider every six months because they naturally will get um, uh, clogged up, uh, blocked sooner. There are filter reminders on the uh, on our control panels with our system, so you can set that to suit anywhere between three, six, nine, to whatever, and to suit where you live. Um, but yeah, maintaining the filters will not only will it create a healthier environment uh, within the building itself. So you'll, yeah, but it will also maintain and ensure the longevity of the system. Because if there's one thing that will cause premature failure of any mechanical ventilation system, are the filters or blocked filters. Now we've had systems 20 years old, 20 years plus old, and we get phoned by customers and they say, "Should I be replacing the filters?" I go, "Well." Have you not replaced them? 20 years on, not a single filter change and the oh, fans dear. are still running strong. Wow. Which is a testament to the, the system air. Strength of the motor. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And just thinking about healthy living and, and the environment that we live in and we're here with our family, our children, and what to understand is so we're bringing the air in on one side of the house, the fresh air. We're extracting the stale air from the house but actually what we have here in each of the sitting rooms we have a blower so we're gently blowing the fresh air in and in the kitchen the bathrooms and the utility room we have an extract so that's where we extract from and then we're bringing the fresh air um, which has been conditioned by the warm air that's been extracted out of the house if I'm correct and that warms up but doesn't touch the fresh air coming in and so we've got fresh air coming in. On a house, how how many times a day would you get a complete circulation of air? Or how often is it that the total air in a house circulates round to understand how healthy are we? How often are we getting fresh air into the house? Because in the winter, all your windows close, your trickle vents close on a normal house. Well, you're in there breathing the same air probably for weeks on end. But, and, well you open the door and some fresh air comes in, doesn't it? But in a house with heat recovering ventilation, how often is the air exchanged? So based upon, so we, we're governed by Part F, which is the, the building regulations under the ventilation, uh, for, for, for the ventilation, I should say, sorry. Um, and based upon that and on your, so we were designed on a normal, you've got three fan speeds, low, normal and high. Yeah. So your ventilation rate for, for Part F is, on the normal ventilation rate. And that's what we'd normally calculate and design to. Now, based upon that, and if the system was running on that level 
for any building because every system is designed bespokely. Yes. Um, you would look to get just under half an air change an hour. So you, you get a whole house air change every two hours. Every two hours. So in the day then, in a, in a 24-hour period, you're 12 complete air or changes. Yes, but to achieve that, you would need to not open any doors or windows because you. Would, yeah. Because what happens when you or turn your kitchen extractor on, for example, or yeah. something like that? Because the moment you open a door or window, you get what they call purge vent out. So it naturally upsets the balance of the air within the building. Not that you will ever realise that or understand no. that, and then it would take another two hours again to to rebalance. Okay. So okay. that's kind of how it works. So then, really, if you think about it, it is going to. I suppose. In the daytime, yes, the door will open or you go off out to work or whatever and um, the doors are closed. But when you get home, you're going to have fresh air within the house and then you go to bed. And the great thing is at night when, when the house is closed up through that evening period, say you sleep for, unfortunately, I only seem to sleep for about six hours, but uh, <laughs> say if you slept, slept for about eight, eight hours would be nice. Um, you're going to get four changes, aren't you, in that yeah. time? So fresh yeah. air. So you're probably going to get a, a more healthy night's sleep because you're not shut up in the winter time with all the windows closed and so forth. correct so i'm sure people well, are familiar with coming home from holiday after two weeks and there's been no movement within the house and you come home and it's quite it's quite stale yeah. it's got a, a musty smell you don't get any of that there's none of that because the system is forcing the air mechanically quietly silently gently in in in, in the background so you, you're you're keeping you're enforcing this air movement so there's no the air has no chance to be stale or stagnant it's always being forced to be moved around. So thinking of energy efficiency and so forth, is there a system now where you can control how often... So if you were going away on holiday or if you're away for a couple of days, is there a way of controlling the system so that it can adapt to that situation? Yeah, there's various ways you can, tr can, you can control the systems. There's a, a, a weekly programmer um, that you could set. So if you're regimented with your... Um, with your habits um, you could you know you could tell the system to drop onto a lower fan speed during the day or boost if you all had a shower at seven o'clock at night just for example so you can tailor that to, to, to suit there's also uh, quick set modes on there there's, hol there's holiday mode there's away mode so you know those being one could be um, one's based in hours the other one's based in days so you could set it all right I'm going away now for two weeks put onto low and then you haven't got to do anything else. Or you could, we have an application, we have a, a way that you can, you can actually control it on your tablet, your phone or tablet. Okay. Um, very cutting edge stuff. Um, yes. Very, very 21st century, because this is, this now, is, this is the, the world website, we live is that, in. Is that what you call save? It's the, so the save is the, the, the control strategy brand name. Save touch is your touch screen, touch panel control. Uh, and you've got save connect, which is the internet access module which links the two to get it on your phone or tablet um now the beauty of that is you could if you forgot to put it on away mode before you left you could <laughs> log in online Dial back in and yeah when you're away so you, yes. you can control that from anywhere in the world um, and, and you can monitor it and see what he's doing and as i mentioned we 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 installed here about 16 years ago and you say you came, was it into this country? No, you, the company was set up in 1974. When did the company Oof, come uh, into the UK? It, we are, it was back in the 80s. Yes. Uh, early 80s. It was, um, it was originally Flaybu, which was a, an unconnected brand. Villavent took them over, which are always part of the System Air Group. Yes. A global group, uh, part of Norway, 
Um, and then in 2011, 2012, it got merged into the System Air UK and, and global sort of entity. Growth in the UK market, there's, um, I think there's about twelve to 14,000 self-build houses built each year. And with the custom build uh, that the government are promoting and pushing now, I think the, the growth will be um, ongoing. How many units a year would you be installing in the UK approximately at the moment? And what what do you think the growth or what has the growth been? And what do you forecast the growth to be going forward into the future? Well, with the emphasis on indoor air quality um, and COVID has, a, has has definitely had an impact on that. I can m- imagine, m- yes. M- m- more recently. Um, indoor air quality was always a, it was a bit of an industry buzzword before COVID um, hit. And since then, understandably, you know, it, that, that has maintained and, and strengthened um, uh, over time. In terms of growth, number of pieces we would sorry we call it number of pieces in the uh, within our group. I think System Air so in the region of between five hundred to to seven hundred and fifty pieces a year. Um, now that growth, you know, we're looking at a, a good ten percent growth year on year. Uh, that's not only the expectation, and also probably just the natural growth of because of the emphasis on air tightness energy efficiency of buildings and indoor air quality, you combine those three factors. And then, you know, the only way you can really do that within a, with any building now, whether it be commercial or residential, uh, is, is through a mechanical system. I haven't really thought about the COVID effect, but I suppose, yes, when you think about it, people are much more conscious about wanting to have a, a, an environment of fresh air, aren't they? And, and, and it does, and once you start thinking about that, you're thinking about outside going into different buildings, but actually, then you think about your home, and this does give you a way of making sure you've got that very um, well as, as fresh an air as possible within your within your house. And absolutely. So on the commercial side, you 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 you're dealing directly with you know mixed people, you know mixed people from from various from various areas, buildings, you know circumstances. They're all coming together, and so that COVID risk is is very real and, and obvious. Then in a residential building, it's not such much of a risk because it's just you and your family. However, what you do have is you've got the extraction. So you're, you're, you're forcing that air out. So if there is COVID within the building, it's not just going to stay in there. You've got a way of actually... You're filtering it as it's being Effectively, yeah. So but, there's... And uh, I think working from home as well, I suppose, if, you're, if you are then working from home, you want uh, the, that, that healthy living environment. If you feel good while you're working, it's better. You're there all day. So again, the heat recovery ventilation is going to assist with that environment as well. It's comfort. So the, yes. the, the, the primary focus of, of the ventilation systems, the MVHR systems, is indoor air comfort um making that the the is as comfortable as possible for the occupants keeping it filtered keeping it fresh it's like being stood on if you had no roof on this building right now nice fresh air but without the draft or the wind or without the elements touching you it's like that sort of feeling inside that's what it if you've successfully designed and installed the system that's that's the feeling as I said earlier, get. sort of controlled ventilation as opposed to uncontrolled drafts. Yeah, absolutely, and it just makes everything a lot more comfortable for everybody. And to be honest, most people will just forget that it's there. And once you've been in a building with it, when you go in a building without it, it's very obvious. It has this kind of kind of like a a gentle haze that is very difficult to describe unless you've been in an environment well, I, and know and understand a VHR. I hadn't really thought about it, but everybody who comes to stay here, because we let the house out for people, because every weekend it's got people staying. And the comments we get is it's a beautiful, very calm, and it feels a lovely environment. And I hadn't really thought about it. It's not just 
where the house is set and the the decor of the house and and the you know, furnishing and so forth. But actually, it probably will be, which people won't, won't realize, will be the actual the the the, the ventilation, the, the air that we're breathing, fresh air. It's a comfortable feeling. It's a you, 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 healthy living. Yeah, there's no. You can see there's no ventilation issues in this building. You can see that. I can see that straight yeah. away. Now I'm slightly... <laughs> I've got an eye for it, potentially. Absolutely. Um, you can see the mould hiding in the corner. Yes. Um, but you, you can... The, the freshness within the building itself, and that is fundamentally what it's all about. Um, the heat recovery side is actually a, a bonus. Um, when the systems were first introduced into this country, seven, late 80s, you know, late, late 70s, sorry, early 80s, um, it was, you know, the, the primary focus was was ventilation, the quality of air, you know, filtration um, and, and, and the fans and keeping the air movement, exhausting, getting rid of your moisture from the building itself. The heat recovery device came later um, and was, was very much a bonus to uh, utilise that heat that you've generated and paid for that's being taken from the house and pass that onto the incoming air. So in the winter it does, it, t it tempers it and it makes it a lot more comfortable. So I know that um, when we talk about passive house, so that they say that uh, you can almost, the heat recovery ventilation system will almost heat the house as in from body heat and so forth and whatever else goes on in the house. You don't need a heating system as such and the heat recovery ventilation can almost heat the house. Now, I'm always a little bit dubious because I like I like to have the wood burner going. I like to just have that feeling of a bit of warmth in, in the bedrooms. I wouldn't want a house with no heating personally. Um, but on that, just thinking about, well, if that can almost assist with the, the comfort in heat for the house in the winter time, what does a system cost to run? Is it very expensive to run? Is it not so expensive to run? How, how, how do you gauge that? The amount it used to cost to run is a very different than it is now um, because of the, the energy bills have, have, have risen quite considerably. Um, they are only electric, you know, electrically based, so it's only there's nothing else. It's just a, a power supply, if you like. Um, they're very, very low energy, and it does vary on the size of the fans and the energy consumption, um, and the size of building, etc. That has an impact. What fan speed you run it on constantly does have an impact, whether it be low, okay. normal, or high. However, you, we can broadly, you know, uh, give you a, a, a rough indication. I think now, nowadays. Like I say, I'm talking today, um, 2022. I would say that the the average running cost of the system is paid for by itself. So, in terms of um, the energy saving, yes, um, it pays for the running cost and the filters. Okay. So you don't necessarily get a payback. No. As such, so it's almost neutral. Yes, it is neutral, um, okay. but anything that's free, which it's yeah. not free, but if you get yeah. if you get the gist, um, is in this day and age is is a benefit. Is, is a benefit. benefit. Now we used to give people a guide because that's ultimately I kind of what guess what people would be would be looking for per month, and you know normal usage, probably ten pounds, ten to fifteen pounds running average running costs. Okay, now that's. Uh interesting because it's it's we are always striving to build a, a better panel system a more well insulated but it's not so once you've designed your panel system for encapsulating your lovely oak frame and your uh, your roofing system um, and we build panel systems for the roofs it's all built in the factory where we can control the the process 
and then it comes to sight and, and goes together and we want the panels to join together as tightly as possible with no gaps we don't, so we don't want cold bridging we don't want any air leakage through the gaps in the panel so we so by default that sort of then takes into well how airtight are our uh, panel uh, panel systems and we're obviously interested in passive house interested in super energy efficiency but even with just a really good panel system that's not looking to go passive we're getting air tightness tests now at around about three and two and then one 1 1.5 which is you know pretty good but at that you almost it's not passive but actually, at that, you probably do need to be thinking about having a heat recovery ventilation system. Oh, no question. Once you really go below three, yes, uh, it's a necessity. That, that's what I would say. Because then, once you start going to the air tightness tapes and the, uh, and, the and, and the membranes, and you yes. start really getting those those low levels, um, then it, absolutely uh, a mechanical ventilation is should be one of the top of the list. And over that, uh, the air tightness of three, you, you've got those drafts going out. So those drafts are taking out the. The heat from the house is going is dissipating out through the walls or through where the roof connects to the walls through the little gaps and you're losing you're losing heat and heat is money so you're losing money on that so whereas if you've got a super insulated system it's well taped it's as airtight as you can make it and then the heat recovery ventilation would actually cost less to run so you're sort of getting more of a payback whereas you could have the heat recovery ventilation system running quite well m less air tightness which it would still work but you'd be losing or be, it would cost you a little bit more to run because of the uh, lack of air tightness in the house would that be correct it, it's more to do with your primary heating source yes. so with your ventilation system in an airtight building it will keep the majority of heat within the building itself which okay. takes which means the incoming air the air temperature is already higher naturally higher because you've transferred the outgoing heat for onto the incoming air, you've tempered the incoming air. So it raises naturally the indoor air temperature. So your primary heating source is only topping up yes. the difference. I see. So it's really, that's that's where your saving is. It's on your primary heating source. It's not necessarily on the MVHR itself. I see. So in a, in a leakier building, your primary heating source is coming on more because the yes. the, the heat is is naturally leaking. So to hold the temperature. So it's 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 a, it's, 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 it's going harder. from a lower temperature to get up to your set yeah, point rather than, yes that's okay. that's where the sort of savings are. So Nick, just thinking about when um, when we installed the system here um, at the, the the show home, and uh, it was uh, a team from Villavent came along it back in the day, but how do you go about getting the the system installed now? What is the process? Do so is it System Air who install or is it a contractor who installs? Or how do we find the right person to work with to get the the, the system air product installed within our, within our home? That's a very good question because we are only as good as the installation sometimes. Um, so we followed the Norway model, uh, which they moved to um, a network of approved installation partners. So we would refer you to one of our partners who have been installing the systems for 10 plus years each. And they can then give you that professional service so that you, you have peace of mind that the system is being installed as per our recommendations and, and, and expectations and as per the, the building regulation requirements as well and as per their BPEC certification. So 
customer would come to you, you would then recommend an installer for their area. They would talk to the installer. So they'd have a quotation from yourself for the, for the package and a quotation from the installer, or would the installer give the quote for both the package and the install? In, entirely up to the customer. Um, so, yeah, so with some floor plans, we can provide a quotation for the system itself. The and package as such. A, the package, package, yeah, that includes the, the box, the MVHR unit, and all the uh, the bespoke design and all the ductwork, um, the ducting. And the ducting can be circular, it can be flat, it can be funny it can be different shapes depending on so that can it helps to overcome the different absolutely. situations with and, and the, the type of ductwork being used uh, has a bearing as to um the installation costs okay we can then work with so you can get that the customers can get a separate price from one of our approved partners or we can we can bring them in and we can we can work with them uh, and you know that package could potentially go through the installation company um but the bottom line is it needs to be installed installed properly by a professional ideally somebody that knows our systems and the way we work because every manufacturer designs and has different components and elements to their systems um and knowing their little quirkiness and 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 there wasn't the detail so to speak then you know the, the the easier it will be and the better the installation on site good great stuff so nick that's been a fascinating conversation and i think we're all working towards the end goal of having a healthier, warmer, more environmentally friendly home for ourselves and our families. So if a customer or a self-builder or a custom-build person um, are thinking about heat recovery and ventilation, what would be the key points they should remember? Well, firstly, th thank you, Tim. It's been, it's been great to chat again. Um, the, 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 uh, the main key points really are devise the strategy early. So decide on what way you're going to go and, and are you going to have a mechanical ventilation system. Get the system designed early. The earlier, the better. In fact, there's no such thing as too early um, because then you can iron out any potential problems or, or issues that, that arise at that stage. Then when it actually gets to the installation side, get it installed by a professional because and we've system error, same as any other manufacturer, you, your name is on the box. So you're only as good as the installation sometimes. So we can be the, the best designers in the world. Um, but unless it's installed properly, it, it falls flat on its face. You know, it, um, people will always blame or lean on it's a faulty box. Um, and then finally, get it commissioned, get it set up and balanced and get a demonstration done by that installation um, company by the, or engineer. And then, therefore, there you then know all of the uh, the control strategy of, of how to use it, et cetera, et cetera. Or if not, just give us a call. You know, we're always on the end of the phone. You know, and uh, we're always more than happy to help any customer, but particularly Oakwright customers. So, thank you very much indeed. This was episode thirteen of Oakwright's In the Frame, our podcast where we try and answer your questions on self build and custom build. This episode was on MVHR, mechanical heat recovery and ventilation. So follow us on all of our platforms and you will then be informed of the next episode of Oakwright's In The Frame.